listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, a podcast geared towards marketing professionals in higher education. This show will tackle all sorts of questions related to student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and so much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where the industry is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to episode five of the Higher Ed Marketer podcast. I'm Troy Singer with my partner in creation, the co-host, Bart Kaler. Hello, Bart. Hey, Troy. How are you today? It's going well with me. I'm really excited to, uh, to have this conversation today. I'm excited and I just want to remind you in case you've forgotten and let everyone else know that our one year anniversary is coming up from the time that we first met and started working together. I did not know that. Well, happy anniversary, Troy. (laughs) Happy anniversary (laughs) to you too. And yes, I am the one in this dynamic duo that remembered. So I don't know if that's a great segue, but please tell us about today's guest since I now know that there is a personal connection for you. Yeah, so uh, Christy LaFree is the Director of Enrollment Marketing at Butler University, and she and I met several years ago. Um, I have a student at Butler. My my oldest son, Benjamin, is a uh, junior studying journalism, photojournalism at Butler University. And so there's been uh, some... Uh, some aspects of this conversation that impacted me both as a marketer, a professional higher ed marketer, as well as just a parent and how I received that marketing. So it'll be a good conversation. It will be. So without further ado, let's bring Christy in. We are so looking forward to our conversation with Christy LaFree, Director of Enrollment Marketing at Butler University to the Higher Ed Marketing Podcast, which, if I bet anything, there might be some subjects around dynamic dogs and dynamic cats today. Hello, Christy. Hi, Troy. Uh, Thank you both for having me here. I, I appreciate it. And yes, I do have some dog and cat stories to share. (laughs) And I want to make sure we get into them at the appropriate time. But if you would, tell us about your role at Butler. Sure, I'm happy to. So like you said, I am Director of Enrollment Marketing at Butler University in Indianapolis. I have been a part of the Butler community for almost eight years now. I actually began at Butler in the Office of Admission. My team and I have since transitioned to the Central Marketing and Communications Office, but we also operate in in really close partnership with our partners in enrollment Mm -hmm. management. So in many ways, we're a part of both teams, and we've found that that partnership is, is very successful for us. My primary role is to oversee the development of marketing strategies for prospective students at both the undergraduate and graduate level. And our approach is is really full funnel. So we handle everything from student search efforts to application generation to yield to melt prevention campaigns. The funnel goes on and on and on, right? As we're as we're all aware. And, and like most enrollment marketing teams are, we're really full service. So we handle everything from direct mail and publications to CRM and email marketing strategy to web and digital to social, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And really our primary effort is to make sure that what we are doing on the marketing side and what we're putting in front of prospective students is really complementing what admission is doing on the recruitment side of the house. So we are always trying to making sure that that what we're doing is in sync and, and helping us meet our enrollment goals. And being in the central marketing office gives us the added benefit of being really close and, and really involved with institutional brand efforts. So there's some terrific synergy there as well. 
That's great, Christy. I appreciate you kind of doing that introduction. And, and I think you and I met probably three years ago we did, uh, yeah. when I was on campus and I had been working with Butler over the over the years on, on different projects. But I think some of the work that, that the reason I got introduced to you is I was commenting with one of my contacts about just the, the personal aspect of uh, being a parent of a student who had decided to attend Butler. And so uh, your work personally affected my family. And so I got a chance to introduce, you know, be introduced to you and talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that. So tell me a little bit more about what went into the, the, the parent flow, the calm flow strategy that, that kind of affected me and my wife in how we helped our son navigate his college choices. And just so the audience knows and full transparency, he's a junior <laughs> at Butler University studying journalism and loves it. And it uh, I was just about to say, he's real happy, isn't he? He's really happy. Yeah. So I got to put that plug in. So, um, but I, I, I do know that a lot of the ways that you guys communicated directly with parents and, and with me and my wife made a difference. So tell me a little bit about, you know, what that strategy was and how that played out and, and why you saw that as a need. Sure. Happy to. So prospective students are, of course, our primary audience, but we have spent a lot of time in the last few years really thinking about and developing strategies for our secondary audiences, other people who are involved in the college search and the decision-making process. And of course, like in your case, Bart, that, that most often includes parents. So our goal with how we engage with parents is really twofold. First, we always aim to keep parents aware of their students' admission process, aware of where they're at in their application process, upcoming deadline reminders, next steps, all of that kind of transactional stuff. We know that parents are often the ones reminding their kids about upcoming deadlines and getting your transcripts in and and all that good stuff. So this is a pretty easy strategy for us to execute. We just include parents in in the majority of our transactional communications, uh, oftentimes on the CC line. And it's It's really simple, and I I wish it maybe was a bit more strategic than that, but we have just found that looping them in and and keeping them in the know has proven to be really, really helpful. And I know a lot of parents just appreciate having that ability to get reminders, et cetera, at the same time as their students. I was going to say that was so important to us. So yeah. Good, good. But in addition to that, we also know that parents are often deeply involved in the college choice and in the decision-making process. So We know that as marketers, we need to be spending just as much time promoting our institution and sharing what makes Butler a special place with parents as we do with their students. And we do that in a few different ways. We really have kind of a blend of an and or an or approach, I would say. In many of our campaigns, we will send communications to both students and their parents. You know, anytime we are working on, you know, our our viewbook series or a new email campaign or a website we make sure that we are keeping all audiences in mind when we do that piece. We assume mom or dad or grandma or grandpa are, are likely the ones getting the mail. I'm not sure that's as accurate now in the in the e-learning COVID era, but uh, prior to that, you know, we knew that they were often the first ones seeing um, seeing information from us. And we we again just really try to keep all audiences in mind as we're working on those pieces. As we go further down in our enrollment funnel, that's where we start at times segmenting. So this is where we get into kind of the or part of our approach. So there may be times where we send different different campaigns and different materials to parents versus students. Parents, of course, are curious about the return on investment of a Butler degree and how their student will be prepared post-college. But students may want more information about what it's like to live on campus or ability to participate in quizzes and polls and, and things along that along that nature. So we do um, at times kind of divide and, and create those 
different paths. Right. I think that's really interesting, and 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 even like I, I will you know testify to the fact that yes, parents are the ones seeing the email because so few colleges were including us on the Comflow. I mean, Butler out of the seven colleges he applied to, Butler was the only one that was actually including us on any Comflow, and so uh, naturally we were looking at our email every day as professionals. We'd bring it up in the evening, say, "Hey, did you see the visit day? Did you see this coming up? The transactional, as well as just having a good sense of what was going on." And so, I can certainly say that that was that was a very effective campaign. But I think one thing I wanted to just kind of point out and and mention, and, and you can respond to this, but I think that you can only do what you can with the data that you can collect. And so, we've done some campaigns for different different schools where we've done you know some lead generation type things and. We might have purchase lists or, or they might just be coming in from the web, but we'll often ask as an optional question, please include your parents' email address. I've always, always, always been shocked at how many students will actually just volunteer that pretty quickly. But you can't do that kind of parent communication without having their email. And so, I mean, would you agree that you've got to ask for those things if you're going to actually try to do something? Absolutely. Yes. And that's a really good point. Um, you know, that, that parent strategy I just talked about is only as effective as the data that we have in our system. And Yield, you know, of course, the application is that primary data collection point where you do get a lot of that. So in Yield, it does become a bit easier. But that focus has been there for us, you know, even just in the last 12 months, two years, is how do we begin getting more parent contact information earlier in the funnel? And we've tried a couple different approaches with that, but uh, we're, we're really thoughtful with everything from our inquiry forms to visit registrations. What it seems to be fairly common is, is we have seen that students will most often volunteer one parent's contact information, which for us, of course, one is better than nothing. But we've also begun thinking about, you know, if we have mom's email or dad's email, how do we provide them the opportunity to add another parent or another family member to the mix as well? So yeah. definitely an important piece to consider as you do more in the parent space. Christy, I have to deliver on my promise from the beginning of our interview. Please tell us about Blue because many of our listeners may not be familiar with him. Yes, yes. So uh, Butler Blue the Fourth, or who we call Blue for short, is our university's live mascot. He is a 65-pound English bulldog. He is the only coworker whose weight I know, and I have permission to share <laughs> externally. Uh, he um, he is a huge part of what we do at Butler. So uh, our live mascot program at Butler has a really rich tradition. Blue is the fourth Butler Blue dog that we've had. He was actually introduced around this time last year as a, as a little tiny puppy. And our former mascot, Butler Blue III, who I know many indie folks are, are familiar with, we called him Trip, has since retired. But Blue, he lives on campus with a member of our marketing team. Before COVID, he came to the same office I did every day. And at Butler, our marketing and our admission teams are housed in the same building, which is super, super convenient. Uh, Blue has a huge following on social media, as, you know, especially from the athletics crowd, but really his, his reach is nationwide these days. And the mascot we have found is often the first thing people do know about Butler. Or when I share where I work with someone, that's immediately the first thing they ask questions about. So Blue's great, huge, huge part of what we do and a huge part of our success. That's great. I think I think Blue is an, a great asset. I mean, living here in Indianapolis, obviously I've been aware of him, but I think he kind of made national attention, obviously, when he came on the scene in the 2010 and 2011, kind of that Cinderella story where Butler made it to the final four in men's basketball in the uh, NCAA tournament. So, But he's so much more than just a sports mascot. I mean, I, I, tell, tell us how he helps out with some enrollment. Definitely. Blue is is really like having another FTE on our enrollment marketing team. I mean, he just, he, 
his reach and his impact with prospective students just continues to grow. And we continue to think of new ways to integrate him into what we're doing with admission and, and with prospective students. Uh, we began really doing that about five or six years ago. Um, we decided to send, I believe it was Trip at the time, we sent Trip to the home of a prospective applicant and he surprised that student with their letter of admission right on their doorstep, kind of like a publisher clearinghouse style delivery almost. <laughs> and we've continued that effort ever since. We call that our Butler Bound campaign. We have delivered now, I believe, almost 400 offers of admission that way over the last five to six years. It's a really fun campaign. One of my favorite things to do at Butler. We have done surprises at homes, at schools prior to COVID. We did, uh, we did a surprise in a locker room during a high school basketball halftime. Trip came running in and surprised the student. Um, we've gone to kids work. So it's, it's really, uh, it's a really fun effort. We do them nationally too. So I think that there is kind of an assumption that most of these visits are done locally, but we've actually done visits in 25 states now. So again, pre-COVID, the mascot would often travel with our basketball team. And as he went to those other markets, we used that opportunity to find applicants in the area and find students who were waiting on their news. That's great. The mascot program social reach is huge for us too. And this is where I consider myself really lucky because in many ways, it's almost like we have two institutional accounts at Butler. And we know that prospective students are probably more often following Blue on Instagram or TikTok before they're going to follow Butler U. And, and we're really okay with that. We, we have leaned into that and we have thought about creative ways for Blue to introduce brand messaging on his platforms for that audience. The other thing that we have begun do, doing more of, and Bart, if I have my math right, I'm thinking that your pets may have received this. Yes. We have begun really leveraging Blue and prior to Blue Trip in our enrollment materials. So direct mail, sometimes we'll send email from his email address. We use the voice of Blue to communicate with prospective students. And, and the best example of that would be what, what we call our pet comp flow. And Bart, am I right that your pets were recipients? Yeah. And I, I have to tell you, I mean, that I just have to tell that story to everyone because I tell that story everywhere I go. But, yes. uh, you know, my son... It's also what we like to hear. <laughs> yeah. And and so so Ben was, uh, you know, Butler was a flyer for him. He, he was going to do photojournalism and uh, and applied to all the schools around the nation that were kind of top top listed in that. And we were at a college fair and he said, why don't I go talk to Butler? I, I want to see what they have to say. And they said, yeah, we could put something together and all this and stuff. So he went ahead and applied and we were kind of in the middle, I think of February and he had been accepted and there'd been some other things going on. On a Saturday, we came home and he was not there, but the rest of the family came home and there were two letters on the counter. Um, one addressed to Tigger, our dog, and one addressed to Stormy, our cat, from Butler University. And they were, you know, kind of note card sized and and very unique. Had a little sketch of of things on it. And uh, we were just dying to know what was in it because it was like, this is strange. Our cat and our dog <laughs> never get mail. And so... Did you think it was a vet, a vet notice? Like, hey, you've got an appointment coming up. Yeah. 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 And so, um, so when, uh, when Ben got home, everyone was like, Ben, there's got mail in there for Tigger and Stormy. You've got to go look at it and all this stuff. And so, so he opened it up and, uh, you know, there's a great letter from blue to our dog Tigger. That was, you know, kind of a dog to dog type of conversation. <laughs> you know, he was, uh, congratulating Tigger for that. His human had been accepted to Butler university and he was going to protect him just like he would if it was his own human and just a real kind of brother to brother, dog to dog conversation. And the envelope also had a, a bandana for the dog to wear with the, uh, 
Butler logo on it with blue. And then for the cat, it was a little bit more uh, tepid. It was a little bit, Hey, your, your, uh, your human has been, <laughs> been accepted, but I know I'm a dog, you're a cat. Let's respect each other. And it was just brilliant, brilliant copywriting and uh, just a smaller bandana for the cat. And that was harder to get on the cat than it was the dog. But um, my son was just uh, so thrilled with that. His smile, as he was reading it, he was just smile across his face, took the time to put, put him on his cat and his dog and, and take pictures. And I really believe, and I've told several people that was the moment he decided to go to Butler university. I think that that was the, that was the tipping point. It was, it was personalized. It was something that they respected his passion, which was his pets. And they, they kind of, you know, you guys entered into that part of his world that no one else did. And so, um, I think that was a, a brilliant thing. And I just, and I've told you before, Christy Bravo, I think that was something that uh, I'd love to hear how many students that that's the tipping point, but it was just such a, such a great memory for me and my family. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for your kind words. It's, it's so fun hearing the other side of it because, you know, those of us on the marketing team, we clean up the list and send them out and, and there's always a few days of, will they like it, et cetera, every year, no matter how many times we do it. So it's, it's great to hear that it's as effective as we hoped it would be. And I think you told me that when you pitched that idea to your to your vice president or whoever it, it, weren't sure about it. Yeah. And, and I can't blame her. I mean, <laughs> early on, we, had a, we had a very loose, we had a very loose concept of what we wanted to do. And, um, there, there really wasn't a way to explain it without sounding like I was a little bit off my rocker, but <laughs> she went for it and, and we tried it. And, um, I think this will be, I hope there's no, uh, students who are awaiting, awaiting this package. Cause I want to surprise them, but I think right. this will be the fifth year that we've done this campaign and, and we call it our pet complo. And it's exactly what it sounds like. We send direct mail to the dogs and cats of admitted students with a, a little piece of Butler gear and that note, just reassuring them that Blue is going to look after their human and, and have their humans back and be there for anything they may need at Butler. Yeah. And uh, there's so many things about this campaign that I love. You know, of course, everyone loves getting Butler gear and the personalization factor is is really fun, but I think that I think the piece that makes it most successful is that message, the message that we're kind of subtly sending in that piece that we've got their back and mm-hmm. they're going to find a family at Butler and that community that that high schoolers are often looking for. Right. And we have just found that that really resonates with the Butler way and, and resonates with who we are as an institution. The real gold in this campaign, too, I think, is the awareness piece. So the yield part of it, great, fantastic. The awareness, though, is, is the piece that's a little bit harder to measure. But we, we have found is that for every family who receives the piece, they tell their friends, their neighbors, their coworkers, et cetera, and they're often posting to their own social accounts. Yeah. So um, that piece we've been really pleased with, too just knowing that we're able to get the Butler brand in front of a whole bunch of eyeballs. But yeah, the first time I pitched it, rightfully so, there were some questions about <laughs> what do you want to do and how are we going to do that? But we have a lot of fun with it and it's by far one of our favorite our favorite campaigns to execute. It sounds wonderful. And obviously it takes some thinking and planning around data to pull that off. Could you talk about your thoughts on of the importance of personalization within student recruitment? Sure, sure. So we do we do quite a bit of what I would call data mining at Butler and, and, and data collection and, and looking at data that we have available to us at our fingertips. And we have both an admission and an IT and marketing. We have a terrific slate team, a terrific CRM team, and a lot of really talented people that 
are willing to think outside of the box. And this is a, a great example of that. We often, I think, challenge ourselves to to work backwards at times. So we will uh, spend time looking at our applications, at our forms, probably more time than uh, some of my partners in IT wish we did. But, but we spend time thinking about the data that we already do have. And we think backwards about how could we be using this creatively? Are there opportunities here in what we're doing on the marketing side to further personalize things? And for data that we don't have that, that we think would be valuable, we've started just asking it. And students will tell you, they will, right. they will, they're eager to tell you things about themselves, that you can use that information to deliver them content that they're looking for and, and content that they're most interested in. So that's something I honestly continue to be surprised with is, is like you said, Bart, how eager they are to tell you things about themselves and share their story. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I think, I think the whole idea of just that they want to be known and they want to be, they want personal relationships. I mean, a lot of what I've read about Generation Z is they desire those close relationships. They desire, you know, one of of my sons, you know, had a chance to see some of his friends a couple weeks ago in kind of a COVID bubble type of thing. And and the next day he was on social media all day. And it's like, well, it's because he had that feeling that I am missing this. I want this. And, And so I think that personalization allows a college or a university who who might be unpersonal to them to start to be personal and 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 get into their world a little bit. So is that kind of what you think? Where do you think all that's going with Generation Z? And how do you think that affects their decision making? Yeah, that's a great question. I think what we're doing on the parent communication side in many ways is already a bit of a delicate balance. We're very careful. We never want to take the student out of the driver's seat. We never want to make students feel like we're going around them to mom or dad or or we're communicating certain things to their parents that we're not also communicating to them. And what we know about Gen Z, one of the things we know is that they tend to be fairly independent, even more independent than the generation before them, uh, millennials. And as a millennial myself, I feel like I'm allowed to knock on us a little bit that, you know, of (laughs) course, we have that reputation for being a little bit codependent on parents and, you know, helicopter parents and and all that stuff. So with Gen Z, it's tough to say, but I think we may need to really revisit, you know, even in a few years, how we are communicating with parents to make sure that we are respecting a student's decision-making power and just thinking about how that may come across to students who do wish to be fully in charge of their, of their future. So we will see where things go. Christy, one of our biggest goals is to share and to explore insights and ideas that other marketers can glean, that can apply and can learn from. And I certainly think that you've delivered today. So thank you very much. But I do want to mention that in our conversation preparing for today, you had mentioned a side hustle that you're engaged with. So if you would, (laughs) if you could tell us about that and how it helps you keep sharp. Sure. So uh, my dad and I, we kind of accidentally started a business a few years ago. (laughs) And um, he he had recently retired and he had some recycled pallet wood in his garage. I I couldn't tell you where he got it from. And me being the needy daughter said, hey, (laughs) could you cut that into the shape of Indiana for me? You know, that would look so cool in my house. And he did. And rather than hanging it up in my house, I decided to see if I could sell it online, uh, which I did very quickly. And since then, we have started making uh, dozens of varieties of these signs in in most states, even dog breeds. We do a lot of dog signs for people and uh, we've been we've been selling them online. So when I'm not doing marketing for Butler during business hours, I'm doing marketing for 
kind of our, our homegrown gig on the side, learning how to use Etsy, learning what digital marketing looks like in that online retail space. So oftentimes, occasionally digging splinters out of my hands, a little <laughs> bit less glamorous than what you may think. But yeah, it does. It does help us or helps me stay sharp on the job as well. Thank That's you great. very much. And before we leave, we delivered on the dog. We need to deliver on the cat <laughs> information. Yes, yes. Pretty much everybody on my team at Butler are, are huge dog people. Of course, you, you kind of have to be to work at mm-hmm. Butler. There are a few of us who are cat lovers, and I am probably the most, I'm embarrassed to be saying this on a, on a podcast, but I am by far the most like cat lady <laughs> on our team. And so, Bart, I loved hearing that you liked the cat piece because that was the copywriting that I said, I've got this. And Michael Caltenmark, who was really at the beginning of our mascot program, wrote the dog side. So, mm-hmm. you know, we want to make sure that all pets... All pets have that opportunity for engagement. And this was a really fun way to make that happen. That is wonderful. And again, I appreciate your time and appreciate all the valuable information that you shared. If someone has a question or just wanted to connect with you, Mm -hmm. how would the best way for them to do that be? Email is probably the best way to get in touch with me. And I'm happy to take questions. My email address is klafree, L-A-F-R-E-E at butler.edu. I'm not nearly as active as I probably should be on Twitter, but you can also find me there at Christy LaFree. Perfect. Thanks again, Christy. And to everyone else, all of our listeners, the Higher Ed Marketer podcast is sponsored by Kaler Solutions, an education, marketing, and branding agency, and by Think Patented, a marketing execution, printing, and mailing provider of Higher Ed Solutions. On behalf of my co-host, Bart Kaler, I'm Troy Singer, Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening with Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to leave a quick rating of the show. Simply tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.